We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Bitter cold winter weather is on its way, and that means the city and private organizations are scrambling to get ready to help homeless people living in the streets. How well along are they? We're talking about it with Irene Augustin, the St. Louis Director of Human Services. She's in studio. Tekka Childress is the founder of St. Louis Winter Outreach. She's with us by phone. Her organization helps provide resources for the homeless in wintertime. Thank you so much for being with us, Irene. Great to have you. Tekka, good to have you with us. Don, thanks for having us. Really grateful to talk about this topic. Well, let's start talking about it then. Irene, I'll start with you. How many homeless people are out there on the streets, do you think, in St. Louis today? So according to our last point-in-time count, which happened last January, um, between St. Louis City and St. Louis County, we had uh, a little over 1,300 both in shelter and on the street. On the street, um, according to the count, we had about 140 um, between St. Louis City and St. Louis County that were counted. Are there accommodations for all of them when the weather gets cold? I would say that's why we have to partner with our community volunteers and faith communities um, because if someone's facing a housing crisis, you know, some of them are in shelter or on their way to permanent housing, um, but they're with homelessness, it's kind of fluid within our community because housing crisis, you know, people can face that. Um, you know, if they were living with in a, an apartment and they were evicted, you know, that causes someone to be uh, homeless. If they have a medical issue and were discharged from the hospital, that could cause someone to be homeless. There's various reasons why someone would face a housing crisis. How w- well does the city work with the county, for instance, on these problems? There's no wall between the two, obviously, and people drift back and forth. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and it's just not only with St. Louis County. It's trying to work with the rest of our region. I would say that with St. Louis and in part of this is the fragmentation within our community that makes it difficult to have some of these conversations. A lot of work has been done over the course of the last two years to sit down with our counterparts, not only with St. Louis County, but St. Clair, Madison, and St. Charles County to really look at homelessness as a region. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more work that needs to happen because, you know, even today, a lot of that responsibility is put on to the city of St. Louis and looking at our population in relation to the rest of the region. You know, it, it's it's very difficult to be in that position, but we can't do it without our regional partners. I've talked to the mayor about this and I've talked to your predecessors about this with regard to their concern that the county could be doing more because, uh, you know, a lot of the problem here comes from the county. I mean, certainly, you know, if you're looking at population and and people facing housing crisis, we're looking at 330,000 residents in the city of St. Louis versus, you know, 1.2 million in St. Louis County and more in other parts of the region. And so in doing that, we have to have these conversations as a region. Someone facing a housing crisis may have started in the county but have found their way to the city. So it's something the city can't do alone. And these conversations going well? And so I would say um, part of what was created was the St. Louis Area Regional Commission on Homelessness, which brought all these partners to the region to at least start talking. And I would say that's 
really history in the making because we've never sat down just on homelessness with our counterparts. And now we're talking about ways and actions we can do together to um, reduce and end homelessness. But these are just the starts of talks. Hmm. You know, there's much more that all of us can do together. Tekka, thank you for being patient as we kind of set up uh, our discussion here with Irene. Um, how, How are you gearing up for what's to come? Well, can I first respond to something on the sure. question of numbers of people on the street, if that would be okay? Sure, of course. Um, it's, it's our experience that there's hundreds of people on the street. I was part of the point-in-time count last year, and to give an example of the difficulty of that count, um, HUD requires a lot of information to be gathered from each person. Uh, I was on a place in North St. Louis uh, where a number of people came flooding out of abandoned buildings to meet us. And we were surrounded by people, and I was only able to count four because of the information I had to gather, but I was surrounded by 12 to 15 people. So I really think it's an inaccurate count, first of all. And then additionally, if we look at last year, after we had people at Biddle, um, we had people um, in uh, Salvation Army and its winter beds that they open up just during the winter. We had people in the Grace and Peace beds where they take women during the winter. We still had, I think, around 250 to 260 people just in our winter shelters. Um, and, And so I believe that we have quite a number of people out there who are out that we um, have, aren't accounting for. And uh, the problem with that is that I believe at best we have maybe 160 beds on our best night, but on our worst night, we only have about 60 beds available plus the 51 that are being added at Biddle. So I believe we're way short on beds for this one, and I'm very concerned about that. So I've been really glad to partner with the city and and other people who are working on this. I believe it takes all of this. Um, but it's it's shameful to leave people outside. It's, it's not only a risk for their life on a day-to-day basis when it's cold, and they can die from the cold and St. Louis Winter Outreach started because I was with a man who ended up dying because I, I wasn't able to get him inside. Oh. And so um, so just to say, though, that not only are people dying from the cold, but they're dying in spirit and heart, living out there all year long. Irene, do you want to react to that, particularly with the number, the, the count? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I, and I know Tekka, and we work very closely together as well. <laughs> we and, and I admire her passion for this. And, you know, we've had debates on the numbers in itself. And I think one of the important things, and, and Tekka alluded to this, <clears throat> the point in time counts just a snapshot for that night. And I think where we can work together better as a community is to get more real-time data on in terms of how people inflow into our homeless service delivery and outflow, meaning they get connected to permanent housing. But that, you know, that requires a lot of work to, to put those data elements together and to work as a region because we know people may start in St. Louis County but may float in, you know, across the river um, to St. Louis. And some of the best practices that are out there – are with uh, Community Solutions, Built for Zero. How do we get to that high quality by nameless of the folks that we know are within our community? And so, you know, there's always going to be a debate in terms of the numbers until we can make that conscious effort to get that straight. But in terms of the beds, you know, and, and that's why, and I would say St. Louis Winter Outreach is very dedicated to what they do. And they're awesome. And it's awesome for our community to have such dedicated faith community and community volunteer members 
at that. And I know they work very hard to the the churches that come together to open up shelters um, during the winter season to pull all those volunteers together is a lot of work. Um, and I know that with our group, with the city and with our partners in the St. Louis County, we're looking you know, and I think this prompted even more discussion in terms of the emergency shelter beds within our regular system. We're going to get more beds? And so um, so Monday, St. Louis County opened up their warming shelter for the year, and that added 45 new beds. But upon, you know, even discussing the beds, it's making those intentional referrals, too. Some of the things that we saw from last winter, not everyone um, was homeless. And I wouldn't say that it's a majority of people. There are people that are facing housing crisis. But if you had a utility shut off and you're living in home and it's cold, you would prefer to be somewhere where it's going to be warm. And so how do we do a better job of getting other resources to folks so that they never find themselves in that situation? And so there's a lot, you know, and and, and bringing to the discussion our community volunteers along with, you know, our other providers to really move in the same direction so we can start to reduce to end homelessness within our community. And so that means we have to have these discussions about the data, and we have to have these discussions about what services we do have in our community. Tekka, you sound like you want to get into this. Go ahead. I do. <laughs> um, it's, it's just what – and I, I, data is very important, and it's good to gather. Um, we are seeing, though, a lot of people outside all the time and in buildings. Our people are out every night seeing people outside. It's, it's um, irrefutable how many people are – you know, that we are seeing a lot of people outside. And, and there's so many people we aren't seeing. There are neighborhoods we don't even get to. So I'm, I, that brings me to my point is I'm part of a group that's just forming called the St. Louis Housing Forum, and it came out of kind of an offshoot of winter outreach. We had a big summit, and now we're having a forum where we can gather people together to keep looking at new ways of solving this problem. And one of the things my team of this group is looking at is trying to gather people together who would open some shelters, and Irene and I have talked about this a lot, our dream is really to open small neighborhood shelters where maybe we'd have apartments nearby where people could rent, we'd have um, churches and and synagogues and communities nearby that would support the shelter, there'd be a place for people to go during the day where they could go when they need a place to stay, maybe even have tiny houses in a neighborhood where we'd start building small um, communities where we could get people back into our neighborhoods. Not, you know, huge shelters, but small community shelters all throughout the city. But one of the goals we have coming up soon is to get some new shelters open. And we will be asking the city and county to help us financially on those. We've had many churches and groups that have opened shelter on a shoestring budget they couldn't afford. And so we're going to ask the city to come up with more because... Um, and this is not Irene's fault. Irene, I admire Irene so much because she came to St. Louis and brought the Housing First model, and it's been a great inspiration for us. Um, but the city as a whole has only, I think it's 0.03% of its budget toward human services and 56% toward public safety. That is a really cynical way to view human life. We need a public safety net that protects our brothers and sisters, who um, many of whom are in their situation completely uh, without any fault of their own because of all kinds of gentrification, zoning laws, things, racism, things that have just uh, pushed people to the edge. And uh, we all have a responsibility to re- to bring them back into our community, to welcome them back, to provide for them. So um, 
we will be hoping to open some shelters. Uh, and I believe we need to do this as a way of moving people from shelter to permanent housing. Irene is a strong supporter of permanent housing, and, and this is kind of a discussion that she and I have had ongoingly. <laughs> I, I wonder, Tech, if I can just follow up on something you said, if it's realistic mm-hmm. to expect people in neighborhoods to you know, open properties that uh, might be available to homeless people. I think of the outcry on Washington Avenue about uh, residents there that were concerned about homeless people and, you know, on the streets and doing things on the streets that were, you know, not not very advantageous for the neighborhood. Is it realistic to expect the public to, to accept this? Well, and that's a great question. And so that's why I believe in small shelters, shelters of 15 people that then, you know, that where there's a lot of support and have people in the neighborhood as part of, you know, in relationship with the people. We've actually opened up some houses um, that are small shelters that we, in different neighborhoods, that we convert to permanent housing at the end of the winter. Winter Outreach has already been doing this, called the CC House, and they've been very successful and, in most cases, extremely advantageous to their neighbors And because there's strong support in the house for the people there. And we, we don't. We, we deal with issues like people struggling with substance use disorder, We address those issues, and you do it in a small way with small numbers. And so instead of having one huge shelter where all people who are um, unhoused or living in one place or outside with nowhere uh, in our parks and under bridges, instead of that, we could have them in small settings throughout the city and county. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. And it's asking people to... To, to, to come and meet folks, to get to know them. They are us. They are no different than us. People in our neighborhoods have substance use disorders. They're just doing it in their home. Right. I, <laughs> I, re- I, yeah. I wants to wants to respond to some of the things sure. you said, so let's let her. And, and in terms of, you know, and I, and I look at it from neighborhoods better supporting the residents in it because people become homeless for various reasons, economics, mental health, whatever, but it's the support they get. If they can't get it from their family, what can they get from their community and from their neighborhood? And what I would like to see not only in the city but in the county is how do our neighborhoods better support people faced with whatever crisis that is. It may not be shelter. It may be connection to prevention services like helping with a utility payment or rental assistance. And and I think we can work together to better equip neighborhoods to be able to be that safety net so someone doesn't have to find themselves going mm-hmm. to a large-scale shelter. But that requires more discussion about that, and not only with the city but with our regional partners as well. What are the big policy fixes. We have an email from Sarah asking uh, what, you know, pay more attention to the big policy fixes that are necessary. What what are they? Well, so one of the things that in, in Teka's group, the and I don't remember what she called it, but it, it came housing about forum. from a, yeah, the housing <laughs> forum, is we are looking at policy. And some of that policy is on how do we address emergency needs, and some of that policy is on how do we support affordable housing within our communities. So if we have a new housing development, is there a way to support affordable housing in that so a neighborhood doesn't become gentrified? Um, You know, there's various things that I know through the auspices of that group that we're working with. And there's people that represent the real estate community, that represents government, that represents providers that are coming to figure out what these policies are so it best meets the needs of our community. You want to respond to that, uh, Tega? No, I think think that there's so many great policy changes we could make. You know, one of the things that's complicated is that often the solutions we use to meet problems deal with the 
very end of them. So you are trying to get people off the street. But the the issue is why are people on the street to begin with? And we have a whole economic system uh, and and a lot of and a lot of other things that have caused people to be on the street. And so it's difficult um, without you know people. So one of the solutions is affordable housing. So one of the solutions we we have to find is we either have to make sure people have enough income that we have just wages. We either have to make sure that um, housing is affordable so they can pay it, or we have to find subsidy. We have one of those three things for people to be able to live in housing and pay for housing. We have to have enough housing that is affordable. So that's where gentrification comes in. If you if you get rid of affordable housing and you uh, have housing that's very high end, it's very hard for people who don't have enough income. So one of the one of the solutions I always like to say we have a, a crisis. Uh, with unhoused people in crisis of homelessness, but there are hundreds of things we can do. And one of them would be the tiny house is one solution in, in small, uh, in small numbers because, um, it's a, a for, more affordable type of housing. All right, I'm going to have to stop. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tech, I have to stop it there, but our time is uh, is up. We'll have to expand this conversation as the as the winter progresses. Irene Augustine, thank you so much for being with us. There's more thank to talk you. about. Obviously, she's the director of human services in the city, and Tekka Childress is the founder of St. Louis Winter Outreach. We'll put a link uh, to you to your organization uh, on our website, Tekka, so folks can learn more about you and volunteering to help you. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, ninety point seven KW. WMU.